comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am The Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 109. 109, and that's your Powerball number this week. 109, 109. So, oh, you... I'm a winner. I'm going to buy. Sweet. And uh, we have, as you hear, our recent lottery winner, <laughs> Richard the Chumto Sheldon. What are you going to do with all that money, buddy? Um... Two chicks at the same time. Oh, boy. Really? That's hey. it, huh? That's all you got for me. That's, that's it. Come on, off to space callback. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember like that. And, uh, and also joining me tonight is the man who also had a baby dominator hiding under his bed. And I killed it. <laughs> I killed it. I don't play those games. <laughs> It, there were I some moments that were cool. It. There were <laughs> some mean, moments that were cool. It kind of it, it's funny just having have, I'd watched uh, Stranger Things too, you know, and then yeah. then I rolled right into that. It was it was kind of like a little '80s overload even for me. So, but we'll talk well, about it, of course. Yeah, I took your advice from last week, Jim, and just decided to start watching it with those different colored glasses and. I don't. I I don't know if it was that or this episode was just fun, but I actually had a good time with that episode. Still was, dumb, but it was fun. It was definitely better than the episode before. Um, <laughs> covering Legends this week, of course, and Gotham, Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow, and uh, we still. I, I you know what? I totally forgot to mention this last time. We're still running this contest. Um, everybody who anybody who writes us an iTunes review uh, gets entry uh, in this contest. Uh, for the the hardbound editions of Batman Year One and uh, the Death of Superman uh, that include inside the Blu-ray and DVD of the animated versions of those stories, so you get the hardbound graphic novel plus the Blu-ray and the DVD version of the animated versions of Batman Year One and for Superman Superman Doomsday and the book is the Death of Superman. Uh, all you gotta do is leave us an iTunes review. That's all it takes. Pretty easy. Takes like two minutes of your time, and you can win one of these awesome books. We're gonna have two winners: uh, one for the Batman book, one for the Superman book. And uh, from now until around Christmas, when we'll have the uh, the drawing, everybody who drops us an iTunes review has an equal chance of winning. So please do so. Review us on iTunes. Help us. You're our only hope. That's for, I should say that for Star Wars conversations, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. It's apropos no matter what. The um the new on the news desk uh, this week uh, as far as DC TV is concerned, um, Gotham is recasting Poison Ivy again. Uh, Peyton List is going to be taking over. 
uh, as Poison Ivy. I just, it doesn't seem like they really know what to do with this character. Well, Did I, they uh, give a reason? Did the other actress just stop, or was there firing, or did they say? Not really. They uh, they went. They said they wanted to go in a different uh, a different direction with the character, and uh, they said this version of Ivy is a quote a live wire of crazy energy, uh, closer to becoming the poison ivy of the comics. Yeah, Why? I figure they just wanted to be old. They wanted they want the her to be older so they can get sexier with her. That's, that's probably, I think that's probably just what they love. They, that character does need some energy though. It it really has lacked it even from the first. Not even energy, more just a direction. You know, like a, a motivation. You know, what I mean, like she was hanging out with Penguin for a while, and then she got bored with that. You know, hanging out with Selena. You know, what I mean, it just she really it doesn't. That character really has doesn't have any, any motivation at all. Well, they need to stop having her play second fiddle to everybody. I mean, in every iteration, like you just said, working with this person, working with that person, not with four, it seems like. And they just, I mean, Ivy is her own character, and they just have not portrayed her that way. So hopefully this will fix that. But if not, just do away with the character from Gotham. And it's not that they're playing her even older because Peyton List is only two years older than uh, the. No, I'm just talking about how she looks. I'm just talking about how she looks. She looks a lot. uh, She looks a little older and sex-wise, you know, being sexy, they can Mm -hmm. they can go a little even more. They can go even more sexy with it. So they're recasting for the Weinstein demographic then. I'm not touching that. (laughs) I'm just. No, you're not, because if you do, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be in serious trouble. (laughs) Right. I could see them just setting it up where they're going to team up, uh, you know, Selena with, um, what's Hotness name? Uh, What's her name? Barbara? Not Barbara, because they don't like Barbara. Well, no, in this, uh, I mean, the episode we're going to talk about, like, Selena and Barbara and, uh, um, oh, man, Butch's girl. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah, they kind of all team up in this one. Yeah, and I think they're going to go Vixens. I think they're going to, you know, the the Vixen-wise and have all of them kind of... Tabitha. Tabitha, right. I think that's where they're going to go with this. Have all of them get together. She'll probably have a little bit more power now with the the plants. I'm totally on board. I mean, Tabitha Gallivan is a cool character. I I like the actress who plays her. That's what I thought they were going to do anyway. But it's, I mean, go with the women now. They'll be the women, you know, maybe the second half of the season will be the women. They'll call it the, 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 I don't know, something comic booky, but Vixens or something, you know, like. Yeah, right. You know? Gotham City Sirens or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. I could see that. Like saying, that yeah, the Gotham City Sirens. And they'll be taking over the the crime. You know, they'll be uh, combating the uh, the boys, you know, kind of kicking their ass. You know, I have just not really been a fan of Barbara all along from first season to now. But I have to say that I kind of appreciated the way she was portrayed in this last episode. Um, still doesn't mean I'm on board with her. I just I really dislike that character. But I like Crazy Barbara. I, I ever when they turned her bad, I was all I'm all in. I, yeah. I don't have any problems with with, uh, with Crazy. Uh, I like Tab. I like Tabitha and Barbara as a, as a duo too. They play off each other well. The actresses, yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I like Crazy Barbara. Yeah. yeah. Now she's like what revived from the dead by Rachel Ghoul, Crazy Barbara. So that's like, yeah. yeah. Well, if she were anything other than Barbara Keen, maybe I don't know. I just have a hang up with that because right. just, 
messes with my head on speaking to the man with the giant Batman tattoo on his arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can see where exactly. the messing with Kane like that might bug you. Yeah, I know, I know. It'll be all right. Maybe they'll um, set her. Maybe the aunt should get shot with a vibranium bullet or something, and it'll make her forget. I wanted to ask Daryl about this because this is going to mm-hmm. be a tough one for you, man. Are you ready for this? All right. Okay, the new animated Batman sixty six. Yeah, with Two Face, right? Has William Shatner as Two Face? Yeah, I know. So does your love of Shatner overwhelm your hatred for Batman sixty six? Um, or does your hatred overwhelm your love for Shot? Because I know how you feel about the Shot. I didn't I press mean, the button yet. I looked at it. I hovered over it to mm-hmm. download it to rent it. Right. But I didn't do it yet. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I I'll, definitely, I'll definitely watch it. I'll, I love the other one they did. It was really cute. Maybe, maybe. I just wonder where you came on, out on that because I know that's got to be tough. That's got to be a dilemma for and you. I go back and forth. I, sometime this week, I might just press the button. I just mm-hmm. might press the button and, and rent it. Um, remember last week we were talking about uh, Kid Flash and how uh, Barry would be knocked out so Wally could do something and Wally would be knocked out so Barry could do something? Yeah. Uh, this is almost exactly what Christ- Andrew Kreisberg, uh, showrunner, uh, said this week. A See lot that? T- so it's not it's, um, but the reason is more for logistics than anything mm-hmm. else. It's mm-hmm. difficult having two speedsters on the show, both creatively and financially. I have a solution for this. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty simple. You cancel Legends of Tomorrow uh-huh. and you replace it with Earth Two, and and Earth Two. You there's all kinds of things that could be told and shown in that, and Wally be the speedster of that with quick. Well, I guess then they'd be they complaining two about it. Yeah. yeah, but in this case, you know, just like uh, uh, Barry and Iris are the Flash, they're the f- quick Flash. I don't know. But I would I would like to see an Earth 2 show, you know, Angela. centered around, you know, Jesse, um, you know, and maybe bounce Wally back and forth between them. I don't know, but I think it's a good solution to get rid of Legends of the Lame and give us something that would probably be better. The, um, the, uh, he also said that they do have plans for, uh, uh, Kid Flash's return. He'll be back in time for the crossover, and then after that, they're going to be using him more in the show. So that's cool. I like that actor, and he's, he's good in that role. So, and uh, other than that, there's this little independent movie that's coming out in about twelve days or so, uh, called the the Eustace Eustace Leaguey. I don't know. I guess it's got Batman in it. Yeah, I saw a big cardboard stand-up of that in the and, theater when I went to see Thor this weekend. Yeah, and it's got the dude who played Conan in it. Anyway, I don't know about all that. And uh, some chick in a really hot bikini. Um, but anyway, it's already tra- it's tracking uh, with pre-sales and everything at over a hundred million. Uh, Justice League is between a hundred and hundred twenty million. So, you know. oh, Sarah, are they are, are are they tracking that from pre-sales? You said, right? Well, they, yeah, they do. Like they they take pre-sales and then they um they estimate from that um based on you know ticket sales time of year. Uh, you know, different polls, interest, and everything. So they have what's called tracking, which is usually what their estimate is, their prognostication or whatever of what the movie is going to make. So, Have they not done the critics' screenings yet, I guess? Because there's no Tomito meter available yet. So. Not yet. I think, I think critics' screenings are coming this week because, you know, it doesn't really, really ah, come out till next. So 
I doubt they're going to hold it for critics. I mean, that would be like the death knell. Well, I look forward to reading Aaron Newworth's bad review of it. Oh, <laughs> oh man, we're still with that. Wow. <laughs> Even though he's probably right. Let's go into uh, our shows this week, shall we? Uh, Professor Pig returns in the Gotham, A Day in the Narrows. And uh, we get to see Party and Bruce in this one. Kind of weird, huh? Like, actually, what, seeing him... I mean, you think about that character, how, like, bound and determined he was in the early part of the show, right? Mm-hmm. I was and, waiting for this to happen, though, eventually. And now he's, like, out partying with the, the cool kids or whatever uh, out in the club. I mean, they show him, like, having internal struggles over, like, him murdering Raish. And he, like, has daydreams, like, beating up these snotty kids that he's hanging out with. But by nighttime, he's, like, out in the clubs, you know, doing some underage partying. It's kind of weird um, to see to see that part of Bruce Wayne, because it's, like, the... It's the part of Bruce Wayne that is his reputation as part of that persona that makes it useful, you know what I mean? Like, the unpredictable, crazy playboy, you know what I mean? But this episode, the main focus is on Professor Pig. Uh, he's still going after all the corrupt cops, which is pretty much every cop except for Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. um, who openly admits in this episode that he too is, you know, he used to be a corrupt cop. But rather than making the members turn honest, Pig's rampage is just driving them deeper into the arms of Penguin's army, um, deeper into corruption. Um, he sends the GCPD forty-four pig heads, one for each cop except Gordon, and then takes three cops hostage. And uh, the entire force heads into the Narrows to save their fellow corrupt cops. And then on the other side, you got Penguin's private militia led by Headhunter, or Mr. Hunter. Yeah. I, I and, kind of enjoyed that character. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, spoiler, I, 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 it sucked that they got rid of him so quickly. You know, could have done yeah, because I, I, I thought he was a good character. This Headhunter kind of takes the lead, and he talks the, the GCPD guys into, uh, like, working over people to get information about Pig. It comes to a head when Headhunter like, drags a sick old man out into the street and puts a gun to his head in order to get his, his wife to talk. Oh, that pissed me off. Oh, I was, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because that, that just, that crossed lines that, well, of course, we see the whole shift in things this episode. But I was really hoping after that that they would be like the, the Gotham public would wake up to this insane idea of Penguin's little anti-crime army. It always seemed weird to me that Bullock went along with it. It didn't seem in character for him. You know what no, I mean? a coward Bullock is not the Bullock that I know. The Bullock through this whole episode bothers me. I mean, this He's big... shameful Bullock. But I, but I don't know. I guess if they're trying to pull it from... If they're going deep and they pull it from the comics, Bullock did some stuff. That oh yeah, very yeah. terrible, right? Like not being proud of, shameful, right. not proud of, and that kind of was what Jim forgiving him and giving him a chance again was kind of what their bond was, right? Why he was so loyal to Jim. But by the time we got to see Bullock, right? Yeah, that was why he was so loyal. He take a he would, and he actually did take a bullet for Jim once. Uh, he would, you know, he's a character to take a bullet for. 
I don't know if they're playing with that now. If they're well, kind of yeah, maybe. But I I had thought that they had represented his shadiness as something that happened before the series began, and that him being partnered with Jim was his beginning of his redemption. But now it seems well, like, his shadiness I mean, was that he was like all the other cops. He would he yeah, would, like all the other cops yeah. in GCP. Right, he would corrupt. just take the he would take the money like everybody else. That that was I thought what they portrayed him as. I mean, I'm kind of okay with that. I, I think you're right, Chubb. Like, his whole arc in this so far has been going from that corrupt cop who's like, oh, you're an idiot for not taking the money or whatever. Kind of like the, um, oh, God, I'm going to blank on the character in uh, Batman Year One who tries to force Jim Gordon to take the bribe as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Gordon yeah. ends up beating the hell out of him. But, like, um, I think, you know, like you said, his redemption has been coming along, you know, and helping Gordon to try to clean it up. And then this was kind of a step back, and it kind of seemed, because of that, it seemed uncharacteristic for me, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, a step back or somebody kind of, you know, regresses a little, that can happen, and that's yeah. fine. But it's it's towards the end of this episode, that seething look of hatred that he's giving Jim when the department is rallying around him. Just that just seemed out of character for what we've learned with Bullock over these past three seasons. I think that's kind of what reminds them and kind of gets them to stop taking the bribes from Penguin by the end of the episode. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, okay. Well, that's a good point, yeah. You know, there is this example of, of my buddy Jim Gordon, who, I mean, not the cleanest cop ever, but tries to do right and tries to do, you know, do right by the people of Gotham, you know, so. I mean, because this is when Bullock stops taking the uh, bribes is this episode. There's a, a trap that Pig sets up for them, and Bullock and his men are pinned down. And uh, Penguin tries to order his men in to save them, but the men are like, "Nope, you're not paying me enough for that." You know, out of my pay grade. <laughs> so Jim Gordon has to take a machine gun in hand and charge in, just motivated by you know by his desire to make you know Gotham better. You know, it's kind of you know kind of his defining motivation. You know, in the whole thing. And this is when. You know, Jim, you know, like you said, Jim, like, kind of rallies the troops afterwards, and, and this is when, you know, Bullock stops taking Bryce and Penguins, so, mm-hmm. kind of, and ends that, effectively ends that part of the story arc. And Jim Gordon is starting to earn some respect again, too, for some of his fellow officers. Yeah, yeah, so. Anyway, um, like I said before, Bruce has a party party date with his old roommate, uh, schoolmate Grace, and his buddy Tommy. I'm just going to leave a dramatic pause there. His buddy Tom. Tom. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he goes out and parties with them. He ends up buying the club they're partying in, which is like a move out of Dark Knight, right? Yeah, yeah when he bought the club. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, I mean, didn't sign any paperwork, none of that. I don't know. I'm, logistics of it just seemed kind of dumb it's in my TV. head. But I got past it yeah, because it's, it's TV. TV. Go with it. But, but uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling that, that, I mean, my question to you is, is this really him as a character devolving because of what's happened recently and he's losing his mind? Or is he playing some kind of game here that we just don't know yet? Or is he setting up this persona that he ends up leaning on later in his career by doing right. this partying thing right. or getting, getting a reputation as a party boy, playboy or whatever, right. that he ends up leaning on later. It could be all three of those things. Because he looked towards, you know, once they were on that dance floor and whatnot, I was like, man, I don't think Bruce is acting here. He's effed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he just had to murder a dude. Yeah. Again, you know, like first he had to murder. <laughs> so first he murders his butler. 
the guy who makes him murder his butler, then he has to murder him. You know what I mean? Right. And plus, he's like, he, like he has, he's still struggling with whether or not he wants to do the the baby Batman thing and all that. And yeah, I could totally see that. Like we're playing into both of those things. Meanwhile, in Gotham, elsewhere in Gotham, uh, Barbara's closing up shop once Raish is dead, but Selena and Tabitha convince her otherwise. Tabitha and Selena, like, still believe in the idea of the sirens, you know, for Barbara and mm-hmm. with Barbara. And uh, Selena, like, ends up putting herself in mortal danger for Babs, and then Babs kind of gets back on board. Um, there's that great shot of the three of them walking in formation after they take out those biker dudes. And now that uh, Pen- now that Sophia's advice at joining forces with the GCPD ended in Penguin's humiliation, that came true. Penguin's kind of more isolated, and because of that, he lashes out in a fit of anger and kills Headhunter. We get to see under Pig's mask in a little bit in this episode because he was, uh, Pig was quote-unquote undercover as one of the kidnapped cops. I knew something was up. I don't, I, I cannot put my finger on what it was he said to Jim in the back of that ambulance, but I was like... I thought he said he was I, one of the good ones? Maybe, so, well, I just don't know what it is in that whole little conversation that took place that had it in my mind, but I knew immediately that was Pig. Yeah. Hmm. did you guys catch anything or did you get that same feeling because for some reason I was like that's Pig and then um, when it turned out it was him I was like well wait a second now why did I realize that and I still don't know but I knew it hmm. I didn't think it was Pig but I thought something was up yeah something was wrong the way he said it yeah the way he was talking to him was kind of odd something was off yeah yeah, yeah, yeah definitely so, but I didn't pick up on it it was Pig it was all, at all a good, good catch on your part man so that's uh, Gotham for the week. A day in the Narrows. What do you think? Uh, I had no issues with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really had no issues with it. I could like, I, there's no episode really that I could that I could say was a dud this season so far. Um, you know, even even the Bruce, uh, you know, doing this partying thing because I. You know, I can see what happens once he comes out of it. He's like, well, I should use this. You know, I should probably use this um, the way people look at me because I could I could learn more. Being the weird kid that doesn't talk to anybody is not going to get me information when I need it. Right. Being the the party animal guy, the kid, um, you know, that'll let me move in the circles that I need to move into. Like he's right. kind of gotten that a couple of times, like when he learned about the knife from Penguin. He wouldn't right, have been able to do that. Yep. Yeah, he wouldn't have been able to do that if he didn't act the the billionaire, you know, the the partying billionaire boy. You know, he has to be that way to get it to move in these circles. But, you know, to do that, you have to understand it. I think that's what they're going with. Like, he has to actually experience this stuff uh, so that he can... Um, well, it's very much part of the mythos, you know. Yeah, it's very much yeah. like part of his cover as Bruce Wayne, or yeah, yep. you know, yep. one plays into the other. It's just as part, much part of the, you know, of Batman as you know the, the uh, martial arts training or the detective mm-hmm. training or anything else. I mean, he uses Bruce Wayne, you know, the persona of Bruce Wayne. You know what? I mean, what is it they always say? You know, he's bat- he's actually is Batman all the time. Bruce Wayne is the mask, right? You know, I mean, that's something right. they always play off of in Batman, so. I definitely see that setting that up. I give this a B plus. Um, this episode of Gotham, I really like the idea of the sirens getting back together with Selena in tow. I liked, uh, I like what Pig. I like the whole Professor Professor Pig storyline so far. I love what they're doing with that character. 
It's, it's really cool. Um, I'm glad Bullock is finally back off of the take from Penguin because that never seemed kosher with me. So, I, yeah, I definitely give it a B plus. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on a B plus. And uh, I mean, the thing is with this episode, this and just the episode so far this season, because Professor Pig is one of my favorite of Batman's Rogues Gallery, and he's not nearly as old as most of the characters in his Rogues Gallery. And I think that you know he was one of the best additions Grant Morrison added to the DCU, and definitely translates well into this show. Um, I I. I I'm not. I can't remember when that first encounter with his friend Tommy was, in which season that was. But it was pretty amazing to me to see that flashback to that episode and see how much this character has physically, or this actor has physically and skillfully grown in a short time that we've seen him on this show. Um, uh, I, I liked pretty much most of this episode. I mean, the only thing that really bothered me was uh, Headhunter and dragging the old sick guy out like he did, and that that whole nonsense and how the just the reactions that happened with that. But other than that, I, I thought this was a very solid episode, and it's been a pretty solid season so far. Uh, shall we move on to Supergirl? The Heaven's yep. Gate episode? <laughs> uh, yeah... So um, the very the open uh, the cold open for this episode is on an airplane um, with a guy whose you know, wife has just left him for his personal for a personal <laughs> trainer and he's drinking his blues or whatever, and then the plane starts to go down, and then all of a sudden lands safely on water, and then Alex Danvers pops up and says, "I'm with the FBI. I'm you know everything's under control." Blah blah blah. The dude looks out the window, sees Supergirl standing on the wing of the plane. They lock eyes. And she flies off. And it's funny how every other show has uh, pretty much done this thing where they go back to the beginning and and, and yep. flip something up and pretend, you know, like to do a whole thing of, you know, somebody was there or whatever. And they, the whole first season of The Flash yeah. with, the, with the particle wave, you know, particle uh, acceleration wave or whatever. They kept going back to that same night. Yep. Legends do it every goddamn day. Well, they're time um, travel. Come right, on. they're time travel. Yeah. They, they seem to do it every time. Um, One thing... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I thought you were done, Daryl. Go ahead. Well, Arrow does it, too. I mean, Arrow has done the same thing. Oh, Arrow's the king of flashbacks. Come on. I was a drug yeah. addict. I, I was I was beating, killing drug dealers before. You just didn't know, because I hit it. I'm just getting a little tired of... And not just in the CW shows, of this... Maybe it just seems recent to me, but deifying of Kryptonians that they constantly do. They did it with, you know, I, I obviously enjoyed Batman versus Superman more than most, but even there, just this idea of deifying the super family mm-hmm. over and over again just seems oh. ridiculous to me. I know Zack Snyder really went hard with the Christ um, analog for Superman, but in... in I mean, some of the imagery in Man of Steel and in Batman v Superman is very much mm-hmm. you know, influenced yeah. by that that kind of you know metaphor uh, playing with that. So, um, and I mean, they're part of the super parts of the Superman myth that relate to the Moses myth. A lot know, about the, religion, in, yeah, you know, in, the, in the even in the beginning. I mean, just the, the makeup of Superman, dude. You know, boy. Uh, you know, family. They send his child. Is his, his, his? They send his child to. Uh, you know, away 
you know, mm-hmm. so like kind of like a sacrifice. He sacrifices right. his child, and like right. that's been there. I mean, you can't you can't not get away from that when it comes to Superman. And, no, and I get that. I guess just the well, think um, about it though. If you, it, it, I, 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 see, call, I think I get what you, I think I get what you mean. Though some people lean into it more, right? Than yeah, others, you know? lean into it more, but and it I, just takes away from the fun of superheroes. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. no. I get because it it's been done. Yeah. I mean, probably because it's been because they're already doing it in the films. Why are you doing it already in the the TV show? I guess. But well, this was the part of the, sh- the episode I actually liked. Yeah, because, I don't li- because I, don't I liked it. I like Chad Lowe. He's a good yeah. actor. Yeah, he's kind of underrated. He kind of had that kind of wide-eyed kind of like you know believer look to him. Like mm-hmm. when um well like later when Wynn and James and Kara go to the meeting or whatever. You know, and then the woman's like, oh, it's transformative, you know? Right. And they're all, like, doing, you know, worshipping Supergirl and following the teachings or whatever. And it's like, he really sells that, you know? Especially, he like, when he, he when he looks at her and he realizes that it's her, even in her super, in her, um, you know, secret identity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that part of it. That didn't bother me as much as the, yeah. the I Samantha mean, I and it. Ruby parts that we had shoved down our throats. Which oh, yeah. Right, right. Because yeah. I, I, I did, like, I kind of, I've always liked, though, the, what would be the implications of somebody with that power mm-hmm. on this planet? Like, what, how that would F would be. I like the structure. I like, I kind of, but I've always liked a, a more serious take on it. Like, how would that F with this planet? Like, how would it F with people, right. especially people that, because it fascinates me how religion can affect somebody, Right. Yeah. Imagine how that is such a it was f with you if you, you know, like when you when you if you're rigid. I'm talking about people that are very rigid in their belief system, right? Any belief system doesn't matter what it is. How it could really screw with you because when something happens and it's outside of that, it, you know, breaks those rules. Like it, it would drive. It does drive people crazy when they. It, there's some people that can't. Deal with there, that. There is an incredible book by Arthur C. Clarke, the guy that wrote 2001 Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. called, Ch- called Childhood's End. It's, yeah. a, it's a sci-fi classic. Mm-hmm. And basically, it goes into all of the ethical and moral implications that us finding out that there are aliens bring up. You know, like, right. there are a lot of religions that feel that, Earth, you know, God, Earth is special, and God, you know, God created the Earth and only the Earth, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, they it deals with a lot, like, a lot of what you're talking about, Daryl, like, you know, people, yeah. some people, you know, instinctively would want to worship the aliens and give, mm-hmm. give their lives over to them. Some people yeah. are instinctively xenophobic and afraid of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, when, when your you know, entire paradigm is, is shifted like that. You know, they're going to be, you know, people on all sides. And I totally got this idea of, like, them, you know, the the Church of Rao or whatever. I mean, there are churches mm-hmm. that make less sense than right. this. So, I mean, I didn't... I didn't and I well, get what you're saying, Rich. It is kind of a trope that we've seen before. That's but, what I was saying more than anything, is I'm just tired of the trope. Because I didn't hate this in this episode. It actually made a little more sense here because he discovered that crystal with the Rao teachings on it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, it, it wasn't totally a bad thing in this episode i'm just tired of this trope i'm tired of a lot of the same tropes being retread on cw anymore they they seem to have um 
or not just CW, but television superhero shows in general, they seem to have invented a lot of their own stuff early on, but now they're just falling into either repeating those tropes or borrowing them from shows and movies past. That That's, you know, but I get what you're saying, saying too, about the alien and religion and all that. I mean, to quote my mother, ain't no aliens in my Bible. Yep, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. But I, I, I kind of see this character, this like Thomas Coville character, as almost he could almost become like a Zoom for Supergirl, like with right. somebody who, who, yeah. who like screws shit up for her to make her a yeah. better hero. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like as Hunter Zolomon version of Zoom from the comics. So they're either I mean, gonna that, go either, be... they're either gonna go that way or they're gonna go the route of. He thought he was doing the right thing, and then right. a villain uses that, and and he he winds up having he winds up to make good sacrifices himself at the end of the season to save her. Like that, that's usually where route they go with this kind of storyline. Right, right, I could like, totally see that. Like happening. I'm sorry, I should have never done this. I see the error of my ways now. Yeah, yeah. Please let yeah. me make this one difference. Right, and let I'll die this... for you. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Let me do this for you. Let me be a hero. Yeah, let me be a this. hero. They've done this so many times, though. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I just, I'm, I'm so disappointed by the season so far in general, too. I mean, it's really it not... It seems like they're uh, tapping. Well, I'm going to get to the next, the next two parts that really annoy me about it, okay? Mm-hmm. For the um, the Samantha and Ruby stuff, that's just like, here's this character, and I said this on Nothing's On, so I'm sorry, Daryl, I repeat myself. But here's this character that just comes out of effing nowhere mm-hmm. in right. relation to no one else in the show. Mm-hmm. No other character has anything else to do with this woman. And just, boom, she's ingratiated in everyone's life. To the point where in this episode, freaking Alex is crying after she goes to the recital for this little girl. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't even... Who is this? Who are these people? Why are they even? Well, you know, it's just like the, that I last know part you mentioned. I think is calling back to what Daryl said. I think it was last week about um, she, her, and Maggie are going to break up, and then and that now, is the second yeah. part of the that's yeah. the second part of this episode that bothers me is that they could have done this thing if Floriana Lena had to leave the show, like we talked about. They could have dealt with it a lot better than than them breaking up over her not being able, you know, not wanting kids. You know what I mean? I just think they could have dealt with it a lot better than they are. So those are my two huge gripes with the show now. You know, they dump these these characters that I really don't care about at all, but they make them like central characters, like they should matter to me somehow. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, um, the T-Dog effect. Oh, yeah, remember when T-Dog drove that bus for all those kids? Oh, yeah, remember when Samantha and Ruby blah, blah, blah? No, I don't, because they dropped them in the middle, in the, you know, the first episode of the season, and, you know, they're like the most clumsily introduced new characters I've seen in a show that I can even think of, you know. I like I that know. actress, though. I, I do. I like the actress, but it, she just doesn't make any sense that she's there. You know, trying to think what I know her from. I, I need to IMDb her, but yes, yeah, she. I I can't remember what I know her from, but she's. I like her a lot. Anyway, part of this cult, they want to cause disasters just so Supergirl will save them, which you know that kind of made sense too. Um, the uh, the the group later tries to blow up a stadium with thousands of people. Kara tries to stop them. But they have kryptonite inside the bomb, and uh, she uses to wound herself and disillusion the cult that she's, you know, a god by showing them that she bleeds like a, you know, like anyone does. I uh, thought that was good, a good moment right there. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, Alex throws away the kryptonite, and Kara 
not strong enough to carry uh, the bomb away, burns a deep hole into the ground, and then Covell and Alex push the bomb down into the hole for a safe, so they think, detonation. Um, when Covell's in jail, he advises Kara to follow Rao to find her path. And then we have this um, um, montage at the end of all these different people being spiritual. <laughs> uh, you know, Kara lights candles with a hologram of her mom, and they show, um, you know, John and his dad, and it was, it, they play Hallelujah, which is like, I'm sorry, that's a great song, but but it's been played out, to dude. Death. To, I oh, so played death. out. There are other songs that would fit there, you know. Um, at the end of the episode, um, Samantha's doing something in her kitchen, and she has a uh, a vision, and she's like covered with these tattoos all over her body, and there's this weird creature in her house telling her she's been chosen, and then disappears, and then soon she will reign. Get it? And, uh, and um, we also see the aftermath of the bomb falling into the ground. It hits some like weird stuff and lights it up, and we see a hand against glass. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, no. oh, I have a question for you guys about about rain. Um, because when the new 52 launched, I think I gave it three issues of Supergirl before I was like, all right, this sucks. I'm out. And apparently this character appeared later in that run. I don't know much about her. Is this something I should go back and read? Is that a good character? And you know what? I, the backstory is kind of complicated from the comics. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to even do that version of this. I doubt it. They don't They'll probably it. simplify it a lot. Yeah. I would yeah. think. Because she's a planet to story back i mean she wasn't even yeah. she didn't even have an alter ego they're kind of like they're kind of like gen, kryptonian genetic sleeper agents right that's exactly like, what they, they are. made yeah. these like super weapons to keep are, krypton clean and pure and because right. that vision of her covered in in the kryptonian and all that i thought oh man that's badass looking i'm like is that what she looks like when she's going to be in character you know as no. far as you know, as far as being rain, they, have a picture, they had cool. a picture of her costume actually, and it looks like Supergirl's costume. Only the symbol is different. Yeah, and it's all, and it's all black and silver. Uh, yeah, it's cool like looking. The, it's yeah. a cool looking outfit. So yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be even badasser if she was covered in the Kryptonian like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, would be cool. I think they're just gonna be. I think they're gonna go for the cute vibe and just have her in in that suit that they showed you know they did show what the suit would probably look like on uh, look like when they when she finally wears it should just be a version of super should just be a supergirl another supergirl but then there'll probably be something that'll turn her dark i think eventually like it'll be something she'll have to purge hmm. or whatever even though i would just make it because I, I there's no i don't think they'll ever make it where she becomes good and then there's another uh, meta like her around because they because they don't know how to handle it. CW shows really don't know how to handle. See Kid Flash. Yeah, see Kid <laughs> Flash. Exactly. They don't. They just don't know how to handle it. And they don't know how to handle multiple meta humans. And, right. and so I, I, they will make her die. That's the thing that's so easy to tell with these things, though. It's like when they when they bring these characters aboard, you know they're not gonna. They're not going to last long because they already show us that they can't handle it. So well, it's like you can almost, you can pretty much almost, you know, count down how long it's going to be before that person has to disappear. 
I think they'll, I, she'll probably be an ally for Kara against the other world breakers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then die. Well, but, I but, also have a theory that her daughter is not her daughter. I don't think she is either. I have a feeling she is another alien that yeah. had come across this her and has been pushing her to reveal her powers to learn who she is. She and, shows her very pouty. It, there's a there's a very you know we've talked about this too on uh, nothing's on how the daughter they never show the daughter in a very positive light they always right. put her very pouty and, and you know like you don't have time for me kind of thing even the stuff with her like you're a superhero and you know like right. trying to get yourself killed so that she would show I think that she has a, powers is crazy I think she's a handler of yeah sort in some I can way. see that I can see that being a handler because. She doesn't know the father, right? All right, that was established for sure this episode. Yeah, so it's like, I don't think there was a father. I think they messed with her memories. Yep. <sighs> Supergirl, so much potential. Yeah, I want it uh, to be better. I want, I want it to be good, too. I want to really be behind it. I mean, it's, I mean my, my daughter likes loves Supergirl as a character, and I want to be behind it and be a good show, but it's just not as good as it could it be. It can be think. great. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, it can... There were some great episodes last yeah, season. Yeah, it, you know? it could be great, but it seems like they don't know how to do... The CW has a hard time trying to do happy you know like the happy you want to do uh stories that are that are fun and uplifting and all that but they don't know how to at the same time still write them well and yeah. they seem the right amount of drama in they without going to say they lean too hard into the soap opera and to the point where it's like it's just so cheesy or it's just dumb like the plot is just paint by numbers dumb like legends can be that way like it there are some times where it could be funny but the story you still enjoy it but then there are other times where they just they're so dumb it's almost like uh, uh the three stooges dumb sometimes like they don't know how to do a, a safe middle they don't Damn know how to do Berlanti, a safe middle they, gonna hire daryl they just I don't, that seems to be the issue with me with these shows like they don't they don't have a, a happy middle ground like they just i agree they just do like I, I always have to say the the like cat for example, um, the episode with uh, Winter Soldier right mm-hmm. that had such serious stories with it, but throughout it there were moments you laugh, you right. know like they were able to 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 kind of put it in there where there's a pace with it where you laugh about it and it's fun and I know that's where you you can't have everything be the Batman dark right so Arrow can do that. Keep it that way. I don't mind that. Supergirl, you want her to have be a little lighter. It's like they can't do it without really giving her such a bad, like such a bad plot. Or now they're doing dark Supergirl. Now it's you know yeah. she's still saddened, and it's just like that's not a good version either for her. So I don't I don't know, I Mary. Yeah, I give this a C. This is very average. Yeah, another um, C. And I don't good, want to give. Yeah, I mean, there are good parts, but the bad parts kind of outweigh it, and it's just kind of a C. It's kind of bleh. Um, Let's move on to my favorite episode of the week, spoilers. The Flash. This ep- I love this episode. I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil my review right now, but uh-huh. I love this episode, dude. Elongated Man. It totally worked for me. Yep. Danny Trejo, I'm a huge fan. 
See, this is what um, I mean by got back to it. Like, they get back to this. Exactly. But it was almost like they had to go through a season so bad that, that ratings went down and people were like, were, were you know, saying it, play, in cons and stuff, I don't like it. Like, Flash is not my, used to be the number one, you know, show they would watch. It isn't anymore. Like, it, they had to go through a season of that before they went and changed things up, you know. So I don't, I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, this season has been coming back strong, though. I, I, I'm liking everything they're doing here. Um, the the first, I thought the the opener was a little shaky with the return of Barry and stuff, but this episode especially, I I just really loved. Oh, I I forgot to mention next week's Supergirl is going to be directed by Kevin Smith. Oh, yep. uh, Rich, I, I knew that. <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah, forward I figured to you that. would. You know, um, this episode of The Flash, by the way, was directed by Tom Cavanaugh. Um, you know Harry Wells. Yep. It, uh, well, um, you know, Dr. Wells, and it's called Elongated Journey in Tonight. Is this the so, first one he's directed? No, he directed an episode last season, too. Oh, okay. Um, Gypsy's father, Breacher, <laughs> played by Danny Trejo, the legend Danny Trejo, uh, attacks Cisco, and he vows to hunt and kill him in 24 hours. <laughs> and he will allow him to date his daughter if he survives. That's so awesome. I know. And that, and that went down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this is great. That, everything else is gravy after that. But, and yeah, and he, and he can't use his, he can't shift out of the dimension or whatever. So, shift is, yo, that. So he decides he, he ends up hiding in the um, air ducts. Oh, Gypsy is sexy. She is so sexy, though. Somehow I feel sorry for Jim's daughter's boyfriends when she's a teenager because I have a feeling he's going to draw inspiration from this. Yeah. <laughs> seems, like, seems like a sound plan. <laughs> um, uh, as they're uh, going into the mystery of the you know the dark matter wave that hit the bus or what have you, uh, Team Flash learns that the bus driver was murdered, and they track down another passenger of the bus, Mister Ralph Dibney. Now, how did you think about the casting on this guy? On, uh, oh, it was, it? it was point on. It was like, was I don't know how else you could do it. Perfection. They really nailed it. Uh, he's a former corrupt CCPD detective that Barry exposed mm-hmm. and is now currently a you know kind of an infamous private investigator. White bread Barry. He went white bread in this one. Like, yeah. Well, I thought it was good because, it, well, it kind of, Gave Barry a moment where he doubted himself too. When we find yeah. out that, that he really, you know, Dibney really wasn't a dirty, you know, he was a good cop. No, um, he needed. Yeah. It. I knew it was coming. He need, he needed he needed that hit because he was just a little too rigid with it. I knew it was coming that it would be more to it than that. I didn't think that they would, you know, have uh, have him just be a bad cop. I thought it would be it, there was more. I was just waiting. I knew it would be more to it than that. Yeah, well, start- I like the part where they go to talk to him and then they leave. And then the two thugs come, like, right after and yeah. attack him. And then he's yeah. stretching out the window, <laughs> and he can't control it. Um, but uh, then Caitlin stabilizes his powers with a serum. And he's kind of able to... And they, they uh, drop a Plastic Man reference here. It sure did. <laughs> that that uh, excited me more than anything, because then I'm like, is this going to pave the way for Plastic Man to show up somewhere? That'd be oh, awesome. Man. They could never afford the CG. Nah, that would be too expensive. Although I think it would also be cool is if they get the name Plastic Man floating around out there and, and testing just to see how if 
whether or not they should add it to the films. I would love for him to be part of the Justice League down the road in the films or something like that. I don't know. I love Plastic Man. Always have, always will. Great character. I remember how awesome he was on the JLA when Morrison was writing it. Oh, yeah. He was a cool, cool addition to the JLA in that. Um, the team learned that Ralph has been blackmailing the mayor for adultery. And the do- and the mayor was the one who hired the thugs. Um, Barry confronts Ralph for his actions. And uh, Ralph sc- scolds Barry and telling him that he was a good cop. Um, he later stops blackmailing Bellows. But Bellows still wants to kill him. And uh, Breacher mistakes uh, Ralph Dibney for a plastoid, <laughs> the species that invaded Earth-19 <laughs> previously, <laughs> and attacks them. That was a funny uh, contrivance. I mean, Love I know it. it's like, you know, you know what, what are the odds, but anyway. Well, Trejo's reactions to everything in every scene this episode were just priceless. So <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Cisco intervenes, saves Ralph. Um, I, I did like the part earlier on where he introduced uh, Barry as his assistant and stuff. He's trying to look all cool for Breach. Yeah, he's trying to, trying to be cool for his pop, for uh, his <laughs> girlfriend's for pop. Yep. Um, but Cisco intervenes and saves Ralph, and, Barry having re- and then Barry reveals his alter ego to him and helps uh, them to convince, uh, help to arrest uh, the mayor as he escapes. Uh, Breacher admires Cisco's uh, gallantry and uh, allows the relationship. Uh, Barry recruits Ralph for Team Flash uh, after Caitlin tells him to kind of give him a chance, you know. Um, and he learns that someone named DeVoe is the one who gave Ralph the tip to watch Bellows. And that this is where Barry remembers that Ab- Abracadabra and Savitar both mentioned DeVoe. And then at the end of the episode, Caitlin finds a message scrawled on her apartment door. Message. Mm-hmm. Message for your sir. And that was the episode Elongated Journey in Tonight. I And good wrote... setup for the continue like he can he can come back to the show and guest star. Like it was a good good way to tie him into the for the season, yep. so he can pop in, pop out. He doesn't have to be in every episode because I know they can't afford it. Um, I like the stretch when when Ralph like flung his arm up to the right, helicopter. Right. You know he has to yeah. uh, bury it. Barry's like, you have to do something good. You know, prove that you're not Jerry Copy. Stretch, and he flings his arm up there, and then he, uh, the he flash did it and... like he does. Run, Barry, run. It, right. You Barry saw how did they did stretch, it. Stretch, yeah. stretch, Ralph, stretch. And it was funny. It was funny how he did it. It was it was funny how they set that up. And then uh, we found out Gypsy's real name is Cynthia. Yeah, her name could be whatever she wants it to and be. I ain't says yeah, it right. all over. Says it over and over. Yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> she said, "I kill you." <laughs> and then he went back to Gypsy again. You learn your place, yeah. bro. Hey, man. <laughs> don't, mess, don't mess up a good thing don't mess up a good thing because you will eventually because like any CW relationship you gotta break them up by the end of the season yeah something's gotta happen something's gonna happen and then uh, the very end of the episode when they're talking about DeVoe and everything we get that classic Ralph Wiggle of the nose Yeah, and that was awesome 
Smells a cake. Um, I, you know, I'm as a kid who grew up in the Bronze Age, reading comics. The Elongated Man was always a character that I was in, like the satellite era of the JLA that I grew up reading as a little 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 geek. So yeah. I was really cool. To, it was really cool to see him nail the character this well. And he looks just like him. He looks he just play, like him. Yeah. plays it well. I thought it was really well done. There was even an Easter egg of uh, of uh, Jim Gold. Which was the the drink that originally gave the original elongated man his power? Yeah, the Gingo Cola in the, yeah, the scene in the desk. It was in, yeah. Yep, it was in his desk. So that was sweet too. Yup. I give this one an A. I really think the Flash has got his mojo back. Now. Yeah, these really are the episodes do. I like. Hey, you know, A as well. Yeah. Well, and elongated man, just awesome character. Anyway, but still, no yeah. Stretch, Ralph. Stretch. Stretch. So I can run up your arm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, shall we? Uh, oh wait, you don't want you haven't watched Legends, right? So I did last... actually. You heard? Oh, okay. The thing on the... We can let's get it get, done. Get... Let's get Legends out of the way, shall we? Yeah, let's get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's kind of uh, coincidental. This episode came out right around the time Stranger Things two did. Um, so yeah, you know, every, everybody's in the um, you know, the the '80s mode or whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, look with Ragnarok and everything else. There's a lot of '80s going on recently. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, this episode is called "Phone Home," and uh, they're doing a trust fall exercise in the Wave Rider, and Ray suddenly disappears. Whoops! And it turns out Gideon says he died around Halloween 1988. So they go there and they meet young Ray. And uh, old Ray goes undercover as an action figure. Um, his younger self has adopted a baby Dominator. The aliens that were invading in last year's crossover. Um, eventually, government agents take the baby Dominator, leading Ray, young Ray, and Zan, or Zari, I'm sorry, to break in to rescue it. And Sarah, Nate, and Amaya discover that the Dominator's mother has shown up to retrieve her child. Um, the baby uses mind control to distract the agents. Mm-hmm. Is this where they sing "Good Morning"? Yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a musical number because uh, for some reason they can't stay away from musical numbers. It's Gotta have them; they're important, man. Right? Hey, but at least this was a classic singing in the rain. So yeah, that's true. N- no, because um, because um, Ray likes uh, musicals, and uh, the legends get the uh, the Dominator back to its mother and leaves in peace. Um, you know, when young Ray gets picked on by bullies at Halloween, the legends show up and defend him and Mick steals their candy. Um, they find out that, um, the, the secret project that Stein has been working on and disappearing about is a communicator that allows him to talk through space and time because he wants to be there when his grandchild is born. And Jack's, uh, realizing that Stein wants to, you know, out of the legends or whatever, so he can go have a normal life. Asks Ray to help him figure out a way to split up Firestorm so Stein can go back to his life. So, Well, he's not the first one to be paired with him for Firestorm. So, no. No. So I imagine they could find another person through time somewhere that they could recruit that doesn't have an impact on time. Oh, they are. They'll find him. Uh, I guess it's time to find him a bro. Mm-hmm. 
Fire bro. Yeah, it'll be a fire It'll be bro. an all bro show. It'll, it'll be, be an all bro show. It'll That's be so. Ray and Nate all broing out with their new bro, fire bro friend. And it's something how it's, it just, all this did was just reinforce how stupid Ray Palmer is now. It's like he doesn't even remember his history. Like he thinks the kids are his friends and they were his bullies, you damn idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look back at your own life in, with nostalgia. You know? Oh, and nostalgia, but I know when, it, you know, I know the bad shit when it was bad. I know the good when it was good. And the kid and the guys throwing you around and beating you up, they were not good times for you. How could any kid think they were good times when you become an adult? I guess not. I, it just was a little too much of that. It just, it just is a little, oh, golly gee whiz. Like, you know, it was just, it's just so much of that. I wanted him dead. I was rooting for him not to be saved in time. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, cold-blooded Taylor. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to make the legends good again. They should do a, an arc where I get rid of all the dummies and, and replace them with good people. I'll give Dinah a good team. She'll have a you great Sarah. team. Yeah, I mean Sarah. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give Sarah a good team. <laughs> we'll be talking about Dinah soon enough. Yeah, we know where Daryl's mind is. is. Yeah, no doubt. We'll move on to Arrow soon enough, buddy. Okay. Oh, Dinah. I give this one a C minus. It was cute enough. There were some moments that were all right, but uh, I give it a, a grade of it happened, and I watched it. <laughs> it existed. <laughs> it was a show that was on TV. It was a show. Well, I'll be the controversial one here because I'm actually because I graded on a curve a little bit because of some of the crap that they've given us before. Right. I'm gonna give this one a B minus. I actually laughed. I found I found the the analogs to ET, you know, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was just a lot about it that was fun, you know. And there again, a lot like of I said, Easter, oh, I was gonna say, there, I'm sorry to interrupt. There are a lot of little Easter eggs peppered through it too, like Biff Tannen and yeah, mm-hmm. um, the thing yeah. about the DeLorean and stuff, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I was just saying that, you know, like I, like I said earlier, I just, I, I took your advice and just looked through it a different lens and just had fun with it. And it was a fun episode. Hopefully that continues for me, but I doubt it will. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. One left. Arrow. Yeah. Pa-ching. Arrow. This one was called Reversal. And it starts out with Oliver and Felicity dating again. Yeah. Uh, is it general consensus that they do better when they're not Felicity? I think so. I I, I yep. kind of enjoy it more when they're not. It just seems kind of contrived after all this time and then breaking up and being met together and breaking up and blah, blah, blah. It just is enough, you know. I never watched Friends, but isn't that what Ross and Rachel did? Absolutely. And uh, it was... It was- it was old after the first couple seasons of it then, and it's definitely old in Arrow now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm just really starting to burn out on Arrow. There's still some stuff about it I like, but I just... They have not evolved the show beyond these same stupid tropes. It's like what I said earlier. CW just keeps either reusing the tropes and beating them to death that they created, or just using the the comic book tv's tropes too much period i don't know i just i don't feel like the city this team or ollie has evolved from what they were in the first couple of seasons of this show 
and I'm really starting to dislike Diggle. And I thought that would never happen because he was one character on the show, Sans Helmet, that I've always enjoyed. And I'm really tired of him this season. Diggle on the stuff. Yeah, he's on he's on the juice. He on that stuff. I don't I don't know. He's on them sugar cookies. On that sugar cookie. (laughs) Nah, he he on worse than the sugar cookie, right? Um, Doing right. He's shooting it up. He's shooting salts. He really on that stuff. You fill a fill a dumpster with Novocaine, set it on fire. They call it they call it the they call the tequila moonrise. Um, yeah, I just. I don't. I, I think a lot of the times Arrow is best defined by better villains. Mm-hmm. Like like some of the best episodes are back when him and Slade were fighting, or like uh, Chad Coleman's character last season, which is next um, week with uh, when right, he's fighting. Right. With, uh, well, yeah, Slade will be back next week. Slade, yeah, Deathstroke will be back. Of course, we find the end of this episode. But um, Laurel, uh, Black Siren, who keeps popping in and out. Uh, starts killing seemingly random individuals, and at the same time, Felicity is pro- pro- approached by her hacker friend Alina. Mm-hmm. Remember when they ditched her? <laughs> now they're all buddy buddy again. I guess. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. all homies now. I'd be like, "Yo, you guys ditched me. What the hell?" You know. Yeah. But I uh, tells her that Caden James, the guy that she helped break out, she got conned into helping break out last season, uh, is playing something with hundreds of millions of casualties worldwide. Uh, they meet a black market dealer named Amnesiac. Okay, you know what? I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Amnesiac? Uh-huh. That's the best they could do? Uh-huh. When you don't, when What's we... next? Like, his buddy narcoleptic? I mean... Oh, did you look at the next episode? What is wrong with you? Oh, I read the script. What is wrong with you? Spoiler. Spoiler. Oh, um, they man. go to me to buy a ghost drive, which I didn't don't know. I didn't thing. understand it. <laughs> but there, yeah, it was some sort of thing. Uh, Oliver has been watching the whole time, and he goes and attacks the th- thugs. Uh, makes Felicity angry for his meddling, I guess. I don't it's, need you. I, I can do. I can get beat up my own self. So. Get my ass kicked a <clears throat> The uh, Team Arrow tracks Laurel down to Felicity's apartment, and Felicity or Laurel is revealed to be working for Caden James, oh, no. who is played by Michael Emerson. Yeah, and I don't Lost care how and from person could, of interest. Right, you could write anything badly, but he still looks he's still a good character. He's no basically the same character as he was in Person of Interest. Yeah, he's just be. not a good guy this time. Yeah, That's right, all right. it is. He's creepy, he's creepy computer guy, but not a good guy. Not a good guy. Uh, Felicity learns that James has stolen victims' fingerprints to open up the IDND, the International Domain Name Directory, the global infra- uh, internet yeah. infrastructure. So he's going to blow up the internet, basically. Yeah. Can, can I point something out here? If now, there are data centers all over the world like that, but there's no one place about the internet, but that's not what I'm pointing out. If oh, there were if there were a location where all of the these servers existed that ran the internet, more than one little Renacop guard is going to be at the door to it. This <laughs> uh-huh. is ridiculous. You would I mean think so, huh? <laughs> our government data centers just the regular ones in real life are covered by whole squads of military. Stop. 
Chubb, enough. They ran out of cops to kill. Don't you get it? Uh, they talked about this last episode. They ran out of cops to cops, kill. It wouldn't be cops, though. It should be military. I mean, come on. Listen, they killed off the military two weeks ago. Now. They killed We're off gonna the military. are going to go blow up the internet. Right. Because it's, <laughs> it's a place. They already killed <laughs> off all the military. They don't have anyone left, Chubb. Uzi um, I'm just saying they, they have just made this I mean this show has reached ridiculous levels of ridiculousness they got about and 10 cops and further, and further beyond they got I'm about, totally fine with all this yeah they got about 10 cops <laughs> left and 2 security guards exactly it's so, always been goofy dude come yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> come on. Um, Team Arrow attacks uh, Keaton uh, James's party at the IDND Felicity manages to breach the firewall to stop the apparent attack, but it turns out it's just a ruse. That's what James wanted her to do, mm-hmm. so he could actually put in his like little sleeper dealie. Um, afterwards, she adds Elena to her startup. She decides to call it Helix Industries. Uh-huh. They're going to mass produce the spinal implant that Curtis designed. Curtis Blow. Yeah, I uh, think yeah. that's a good idea. I think the name appropriation of that name is a dumb idea. Oh, and on better news, I figured out what he did with his hair. He wets it and greases it down and makes a little ponytail out of it so it looks like it's cut. Answers that all our questions. Wow. I I caught it in the light. I was looking at it in the big screen TV and I was you staring. You were like Sherlock goddamn Holmes, man. And, then, and I was staring, I stopped, and I looked, and I'm like, wait a but minute. But with hair. I see the <laughs> ponytail thing, and it's greased down. Like, women do it. I've, I've seen girlfriends do it, where they grease it down. Like, the, they wet it, and they grease it down, and then put a ponytail on it. I just, see, I was looking at it at the, the wrong way. But how long does that take? It probably takes about 10, 15 minutes. I've seen it done that long, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. So there we go. We know how he does it. It's not a speedster. Yeah, Caden wanted to get secret access into the super internet place, and he provides Laurel with a device to stop uh, Curtis's tracking of her. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, Slade calls Oliver to ask for help. I need you, man. I'm always man. happy to see Manu Bennett, dude. That dude is awesome. Man. Oh, he's great. I got. Oh, listen, yeah. I love him. You can get rid of Mr. Rivik for a while and and give me that dude as a regular again, and right. I'd be all for it. Well, I didn't. I didn't seem to hate this as much as you guys. I give it a B. I didn't even hate it. I didn't hate it. Chubb hated it. I didn't hate it. I just. I just. I don't know that I hated it, but I. I dislike. Oh no, you hated it. You hated. You said you hated it. You called him Hitler. You said Stephen M. L. was Hitler. We all heard it. Exactly. (laughs) You said this episode was arrow of arrow was worse than the Black Death. Uh huh. Uh huh. I just thought it was. I. I. I mean, I'm. I'm fine with it. It was C plus thing. I like. You know the formula. You know what's gonna go down. You know what's up on Arrow, man. You know what's up on Arrow, man. Mm-hmm. You well, know? see, we're not that far off then, because I was going to give it a C. Well, so... you may like you gonna give it an F when well, I that's talk a hateful C. about Legends. It's a hateful <laughs> C. Yes, when I talk about my my dislike for Legends, I go in. I don't give it no good grade. I don't pass it when I go when I when I talk bad about it like that. 
Okay, well, that's all of our DCTV for the week. Guys. All right, we did it. Yes. Made it through. Good job. Uh, take, uh, take some interns out of Petty Cash. That's right. Oh, no, don't do that. That's what happened to Weinstein's. Don't, no, do, no, that. don't do, that. Um, do that. That's not where you want to go. <laughs> oh, no, no. We no. don't have Spacey for that. No. Again, don't forget to put the iTunes review on for a chance to win in our contest, our huge giveaway we're doing. These books are really nice, man. I really It was a good score of mine to get these. And like I said, they have Blu-ray and DVDs built in. It's a little sleeve in the back of the hardcover awesome. book. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I already have these Blu-rays and these books, or else I would have kept them for myself for sure. Word. Uh, but yeah, leave us an iTunes review and get entered in a chance to win. Uh, if you like Geeky Podcasts, I imagine you do. You can listen to the three of us, plus Craig, and sometimes Russ and others, and Aaron Newworth, uh, as we talk about The Walking Dead on The mm-hmm. Walking Dead TV Podcast. Every week, we'll be recording it tomorrow night for the latest episode that aired tonight as we record this. Uh, and there's also, uh, that's at com where you found this podcast. Also, It's Nothing On, uh, 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 It's All Connected, sorry, let me do it again. It's All Connected, which covers the Marvel TV side of the street, much as we cover the DC uh, TV side, uh, with Russ and Daryl and assorted other friends who like to watch Marvel shows. Uh, I'm sorry, I'd like to apologize to all of you guys for Inhumans. Um, just from the I'm universe. liking it. Sorry. Oh, good for, good nice. for you, pal. You have lost your mind. Well, like I, <laughs> like I told you when we were chatting the other day, Daryl, I think it's because I don't know as much about these inhuman characters as, as others. I never uh, really got huge into them. Uh, and I'm like, the beginning of this, the, the few first couple episodes I didn't really like so much, but I'm kind of digging it. Uh, my, my thing Gift is that is it has nothing to do with if it's like the comic. That's a different conversation if, if it's you don't like it because it's not like the comic book. Take that away. It's bad TV for just being a TV show. It's written bad. It's directed bad. It's the dialogue is bad. There's a million questions that I like. I watched the pilot yeah. and on nothing's on. I was like, well, why did this happen? Who is it, this guy? <laughs> and it's not well, even on purpose. Like, like they're trying to be. There are things that are funny in this because it's so bad that, but it's. It's not on, it, but it's not something where they did it on purpose. It just came out of it just not being good. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's great. I recognize that it is not the greatest put together television show, but it's kind of like a guilty pleasure type thing, kind of like Big Bang Theory is with me that I know oh, it's bad, but something about oh. it, I just have a good time watching it. Now, I will say this, you know, like it in comparison to The Gifted. It is definitely not that great because the gifted is a much better version of it in a way. But um, I don't know. I'm liking it. You can like it. I'm not saying nobody can. Oh, yeah, I'm just no, saying. Yeah. It, respect your opinion. I'm just, just saying I, the quality of the of the the quality of the TV show. I think is bad. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I found it to be a giant pile of rotting donkey shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's get this. And, and if you, again, if you want more geeky podcasts, go to the Taylor Network of podcast.com. You can find a whole plethora of podcasts yeah. over there, including Nothing's On, which is Donnie and Daryl and myself. We just recorded one this morning, actually. Yeah. A lot of fun. I learned a lot about wrestling, oddly enough. Yes, we did. <laughs> and, uh, no, the... no apologies. Go Trek yourself. We're covering right. the Star Trek Discovery. We got, um, we got a Thor thing. We got a, we got a yep. Thor uh, spoiler coming up. And we got spoiler a record right now and in two seconds, two gonna... minutes from yep. now. And, and, and thanks to Fair Aware, we're going to be doing a Stranger Things 2 spoiler cast yes. pretty soon. So. Yes. 
by popular demand. So yes. check all those things out at the Taylor Network Podcast. Right. com. Right. And until then, we are ghosts. Thanks, guys. Slow it down some, no split, clown bum, your gold hit sound dumb, hold it now, crown them, where you found them at, got them round town, could have drowned in it, would have floated, bloated, voted, sugar coated, loaded, hip shooter, draw for the poor, free coffee at the banks, hit through the straw, none more for me, thanks, that blanks the roar, that dank sure stank lit, sank past the pit for more hardcore prank spit, crank it on blast, roll past front street, blew the whole spot like some old ass with skunk meat, these kids is too fast, juiced off a junk tree, who could get looser off a crunk or a funk beat? Something is starting today. Where did it go? Why you want it to be? Where you know November has come. It's gone. Something is starting today. Where did it go? Why you want it to be? A spigot. My guess is yes, you can. Like, can I kick it? Wicked. Lick a shot if you're happy and you know it as you clap your hands to the thick snot of a poet flowing. Broken pen and I'm in. Cold hymen. Dope or rhyming. More worth it than the hope diamond acquired off the black market. A wiretapping couldn't target a jar spit. The rapid fire spark lit. Zip. A rapper, bug zapper, and it don't matter after if there's a thug or dapper. Plug your trap or it's maximum exposure. Police got family members asking them for closure. Uh, send them a gun and tell them clean it. Then go get the nun who said her son didn't mean it. She wore a filled in thong, a billabong. And said, nah, for real, I'm a gorilla, I'm a gorilla.